0: Sandcast, uh, we are at the Manor today. <laughs> uh, the <in-laws. laughs> tries, tries new spot or in law spot uh, for a little bit uh, until you get more permanent residence, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, but we got a nice little setup on
1: the outdoor patio here, yeah. so. so can't complain. We are
2: here
0: at the Manor with uh,
2: Mark Paul louis Yes, sir. How are we doing, my friend? Great. Great. I appreciate you guys inviting me along here. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah. got tv plans up there and everything <laughs> yeah exactly this
0: is nice now, this is the only I, the
1: best for you mark <laughs>
0: <laughs> did i say the name right close because i'm sure okay how do you pronounce it do you have like the, okay so you have a little hesitation between Pology. the a's yeah okay
2: like micah ma yeah exactly, yes,
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yep
2: exactly There's
1: a, is there Okina?
2: that's the big debate with the family uh, they say yes i'm going with yes because it it just seems that's what it's supposed to be half yeah, my pr- family like, pronounce does it's easier yeah
1: with the okina
2: but absolutely on yeah. the
1: mainland if you're on the mainland it's like easier to go without it probably
2: you know it's a double-edged sword because like flying and travel like i learned quite early traveling if i put that on like if the thing doesn't have if you don't have your okina oh. there perfectly or in there then, you know, it makes it difficult. Or if you have it in there, it makes it difficult for passports, international travel, all that stuff.
1: It's like an apostrophe, yeah. but Hawaiian yeah. style. It's like backwards, isn't it? Or something yeah. Like that. yeah.
2: And so, but it, pronunciation, it helps people yeah, pronounce exactly. it more more effectively. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, my, my daughter's Naya, and like proper Hawaiian would be like Naya. Like, you'd, you'd have that okina in there, but yeah. I was like, I'm not putting that yeah. in there, raising <laughs> it on the mainland. Like, it's going to make life just Yeah, uh, it makes
2: like, it a little rough. tougher. So, like, oh, my family in Hawaii, half of them have it, half of them don't. Yeah. Like, ah. My It's funny because the, the, the side of the family that's really deep into, they claim that our family name is from the warrior status and the royalty. And so, like, mm-hmm. they're pretty gnarly like fighters and and they have that background and they really push into that and you may have heard of a couple of their names with my our last name um fighting in the mma so oh, yeah. the girl sure. and then um they're related to uh, maxwell um uh, holloway oh yeah Westside. Um, west side. yeah Westside, side um uh, nanakuli wainai uh so those guys are yeah, don't mess with it. Those are the ones you call for help. You're, you're, <laughs>
0: you're stuck there,
2: family. For yeah. sure. <laughs> I say, hey, cousin, yeah, I need a little help here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what you're going It's call. funny because a friend of mine says, hey, man, I was driving through um, Waianae. And I saw this car. It said Paul Louis in the back with a big sticker. And I pulled over to take a picture. And these guys came out of the house, started chasing me. And I took off down the street. He goes, those are your family? I'm like, yeah, dude. Are you crazy? You don't just do that. Like, Damn. pull up to somebody's yeah. house and start taking pictures. And yeah. you don't even know, especially in that neighborhood. Yeah. You don't mess around. And so I saw was cracking up. And I was like, man. And in then um, it was about two years ago. My cousin had uh, was running for council out there. So his name. But his his name is Mark Louis as well, but it, with the C instead of the K. Okay. Uh-huh. And so when they saw it, they were cracking up, so they're sending me pictures of uh, this banner with his name and his picture of him there. And I just started laughing, yeah, that's my cousin. So <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> it's entertaining.
1: It would have been nice for me to know them growing up, because I grew up in Coupe which is like oh, yeah. kind of the town over before you go on to like the full West Side Strip. Um, and I was like the only white family living out there <laughs> yeah. so it's good to know a few local families for sure
2: yeah couple has grown quite a bit man. yeah it's so different yeah
1: when i first got there we were like the first people moving into that neighborhood because they were just building it over the old sugarcane fields yeah but now it's like they're calling it the second city of water yeah it's
2: man cool. this place is just was open and had, like, these little, these home sections and stuff, and it just grew and grew and grew, next thing you're like, whoa. whoa. Yeah, there's, like, Walmart, and, yeah, right. and
1: like, big oh. movie theaters and everything. Yeah,
2: and you get a Walmart in Hawaii someplace, places you're like, wow, that's yeah. big, you know, that's big <laughs> yeah. time. I remember yeah. when it first hit, like, Costco, Walmart, like years ago. probably like twenty-something years ago when it hit, and it was like the biggest thing since sliced bread. Oh, We're like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And my cousin's like, no, we got, we got Costco too now. Yeah. <laughs> so, <he's> like, okay. <laughs> so you, where did
1: you grow up? I grew here up in Hawaii.
2: I was born in Hawaii. I grew up, we moved over quite when I was a young kid, and I grew up here in Hermosa Beach. So it was really rough. I had to live in the mean streets of uh, Hermosa Beach. (laughs) It was brutal, and my dad (laughs) worked for the airline, so I had to fly, you know, we'd fly over to Hawaii and spend, you know, the summers there. So my life was horrible. jeez. It was so horrible. (laughs) Brutal. (laughs) Yeah, so, no, I was very, you know, obviously I was very fortunate. So when we moved over, my parents... They knew they did, they had to be here to have the more fortunate to work and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. They just were wanted to do that. They didn't want to be stuck in the island because they seen a lot of their friends go through all of that. Yeah, and so they're there. So, but they also wanted me to have a lot of the opportunities yeah. to be in Hawaii. So, when like for the longest time until like, at least my freshman year, um, I'd spend the whole summer in Hawaii and playing and you know doing <laughs> and sometimes That's go to summer life. school. Yeah, it was awesome. Like literally, when school was Paul was jumping on a plane, fly over and then stay the whole summer, and then maybe like a week before school started, come back and do That's the school awesome. shopping before you had to go, right? I'd like,
1: cause I'm, I'm like kinda in your parents' situation where I'm up here, I've moved up here to, I mean, now I'm raising my kid up here, but I wanna send her home for the summers at least yeah. if we don't yeah. get to move back. It's It'd be such kind a of, different culture and yeah. like childhood.
0: Yeah, so that'd be kind of a win for you. Like you're on the road all summer, like. I gets to hang with the grandparents.
1: Yeah, that's gets true. to hang out
0: in Hawaii over the summer. Gabby's off the hook.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, but then in the winter I'm gonna go back
1: too. So yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe she should just live there. <laughs> maybe she
2: should just live there. You know, if you have the best of both worlds, because you want to have, to me, I won't, you want that culture, that lifestyle, the yeah. family, and I think it's still there. You know, obviously it's been some rough stuff in, over the years, but. Um, it's still there, but then being here and understanding there's a big world out there. You yeah, know, exactly. that's just That 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 was probably the biggest thing is like be able to, you know, keep that going and and uh, opportunity. You know, the opportunity. Like yeah.
1: Infinite opportunity. Yeah. yeah, Do anything you want.
2: That's yeah, cool. You can always. It's just a you know, it's a five-hour flight. Not a big deal. Yeah. You know, just head on over and fly back.
1: Exactly. So I used to go
2: sometimes just for the weekend. Like leave on yeah. a Thursday and fly over and. You know, like, remember, like, my set, first year on tour, like, we did so, I did so well, and, like, I had no bells, I had nothing, so I was, like, after playing, you know, I'm sorry, man, but, sorry, guys, but we played, like, 24, 27 bands. Oh, events. my God,
1: that's our dream. <laughs> yeah, and so,
2: even if you did horrible one weekend, I was, like, okay, the next weekend, you gotta yeah, come, you know, yeah. so it was, but at the end of the year, like, I had made, you know, I had made almost, like, a little over 30,000-plus dollars just being on a first year on tour, and I not yeah. even sponsor money, so yeah, I was, yeah. like, Oh man, so I went straight, flew straight to Honolulu, stayed there at grandma's house, and I stayed there for like two months, didn't do anything, just hung out and just partied <laughs> with my friends. And, yeah. I, and then just literally woke up and went, okay, grandma, take me to the airport. She said, why? Oh, I'm leaving. I'm like, okay. Then I just jumped in the plane <laughs> and come back home. And so, like, the first, like, first, uh, God, at least the first three, four years was easy like that. Yeah. I was, I was pretty fortunate to have that.
1: And you just got into volleyball from a young age, growing up here in kind of the capital oh, of volleyball, I, volleyball. To,
2: to be honest, I I was a good student till I hit my freshman year, and mm-hmm. then kind of life changed. My, actually, unfortunately, my father passed away, and I was dealing, dealing with that. But like, so I was kind of like, but I was always a free spirited kid, so I was always at the beach, always yeah. at the beach, and so I would surf before school, after school, eh, during mm-hmm. school. School. Mom got mad, sold my surfboard. <laughs> so it was like my sophomore, junior year, going into going in, into my sophomore, year, going into my junior year, and so my friends would always play volleyball, and I would you know hang out with them sometimes and stuff. But when that happened, I was like, oh, what am I gonna do? So I went to the beach. I just started playing volleyball with them, mm-hmm. and it was funny because before my dad passed away, my dad was like, oh, he, my sister's like, oh, you're gonna play, my sister's gonna play volleyball, you're gonna play basketball. So I always you know had the basketball. But I quickly realized I wasn't that good at basketball. <laughs> I was athletic. I could jump and, you know, grab the rebounds and do the short stuff. But I wasn't the best at it. So when that kind of happened, we kind of flipped. Like, she was, she's three years younger than me, so it flipped. She ended up playing basketball and did really well. And then I ended up trying to start volleyball. And I got into volleyball. So I'd pepper with, you know, with them in the alley and stuff. But then my, it really happened, my so, end of my sophomore year, I'd play on the beach constantly with all my friends. And it just came progressively more and more, and then, and then before I knew it, I was just having fun with it and like getting my rating. I got my B rating, then my A. That was a big deal back then. Oh, the, it was huge, I feel like yeah. the rating
0: thing now it's not a huge yeah. deal anymore. I feel like, but back then, like if you got
2: your oh, AAA, yeah. that me, was like you guys talked to MD. He told you all the like all the steps and stuff, but. Yeah, for me, like, I literally, we would play in, if it didn't have more than 64 to, to 70 plus teams in the tournament, it wasn't a big tournament. It was nothing. Really? Yeah. I played in B tournaments that were like, had over 120 something teams. Hmm. Literally. I played 13 games oh, in a weekend to finish third place. <laughs> <laughs> Holy so we won our first game. We'd lost our second and we played all the way back through the loser's bracket. And got to third place and played thirteen games in two days. And uh, Gene Popko was probably one of the I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. He was mm. ran all the Playa Del tournaments. He was probably one of the best that I have ever seen because all those old school guys they just knew they just kept pe- people moving. And he was one of the ones I really saw like Oh my God, this is crazy! He's got over a hundred something teams, but he kept to make it. He made it happen. He you know, got everybody out there. And you, know, you win a if you help raft a game, you got a ticket for a hamburger or a. Or a pitcher of beer, so everybody was on it. Like, smart. Okay, yeah, yeah, you know? That's, that's smart. You know.
0: You, I mean, you can't get
2: guys to stick around and ref no. and save your life no, anymore. No, no, no. Nobody wants to do that. <laughs> so, that like, was there, yeah, I'll do it. Right? I'll do it. it was, so, it was, you were able to keep the games going. And then, you know, it was just so much fun. It was just, yeah. it was a lot. It was, it was, everybody wanted to do that. So, you knew if you're going to plan a tournament, that was your weekend. Yeah. You know, most of the stuff, like, when I first started running the junior stuff, probably about 45 years ago, it was like, I was shocked i was like the parents were like oh we want to get out of here and yeah I'm like wait what like this tournament just started like this is like <laughs> it's one o'clock it's right. noon like so different And it was like when i'd run a tournament and people were walking off the beach by like noon and they didn't care like it was oh yeah my god i'm like what and they were I'm like oh my gosh
1: these are the high performance tournaments right
2: it was all it was like the junior levels from the beginning and, and up and Okay. Um, yeah, so there was some high performance, there was some, you know, just your standard qualifiers for mm. the national championship. Right. Which, and then that, that was kind of thing, it's like when I came in to do that, I was like, oh, maybe we should make them two days. But I quickly learned fast that that's not the culture anymore. It's yeah. like, get in, do it, and you're gone. And now, like, indoor here, like, they play half a day. They don't even play full, full tournaments anymore. So... And ADD. I can just singe in somewhere. Is just rolling over, dying. It's <laughs> like these kids, <laughs> they
0: play two games and they're done. Yeah,
1: it's <laughs> a different game too.
0: Like I mean, if
1: I'm playing thirteen matches in the tournament, I'm not jump serving anymore, or like mm-hmm. definitely not every ball. Yeah, when I'm short deep in them, like standing float short deep. Oh
2: yeah, you're playing you somebody know? Like I remember when we when I first got my B rating or my A rating, I think it was, and I was playing in a B tournament with Nick Haneman. And it was awesome because we knew it was legit because when we were playing, we were playing against Butch May. Okay. And his, I think it's his his relative or a, a grand or one of his uh, nephews or somebody. Mm-hmm. The guy was a young guy, but he was a good player. But we, Nick and I knew who he was. And, you know, he played with like a fellow Hawaiian people in, in the, at the Olympics yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So we knew who he was. So we were like, oh man, this guy's the man. Yeah. Like, so for us to even have the opportunity to be on the same court with him was a big deal. And then when we beat them, we're like, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" (laughs) So it was huge. We were like 19 years old, and and uh, that was a big, big uh, thing. So that summer, we really excelled. We like both got our A, and then by the end of the summer, we had just got our triple A. It was like, "Boom, boom, boom!" We're like, "Oh," because we had fought all before that. We've trying to go through all this, and we never really got you know, where we thought we'd get our A, or W, and, yeah. but then also, boom, most summer, just putting in the work, just bam, we just went all the way through, so it was really nice to, to have that, but it was cool to start off with that. That gave us a real, like, a sense of, you know, winning and battling through the whole tournament and stuff. Yeah. And that's why I was trying to, like, with these kids, I was trying to figure out, you know, how can they, they earn, like, see that and feel that and right. earn that, because I thought that was a big, a big thing, you know, for me, so I was hoping that they would have that similar thing, but, now you play, you know, you may play a single game to 21, rally scoring, yeah, and it's literally like 20 minutes. Right. And, then you, and then you go and you play maybe three or four teams in your pool, and then you advance out of that. yeah. And, and then so I say, okay, well at least we gotta go to play the match for like the third and the th- first place, because yeah. those are, those are. Um, That's the biggies. Those are the biggies, right? Yeah. You're getting the bids, you're getting the medals and stuff. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're like, some of them are like, no, we don't want to. And I'm like, what? How come? So it was a real (laughs) culture shock for me. Yeah, an understanding of how the game has changed. I knew when it when I was playing, when I was at the end, it they changed the rules, and that was kind of really the the final step for me. But it was like, man, it's really different now. Yeah. So, and there's some definitely some good sides of it too, for sure. But uh, that part of it was a big, big uh, step back for me. There
0: are some kids. So like right before. I came here, I was coaching this club that me, Delaney, Marcio, and Pompilio started, um, just getting like middle and high school kids ready for kind of the college uh, mm-hmm. level, and we have this group from Orange County that could just, all they want to do is play all day. And yeah. they read, milkshakes try, and uh-huh. the moms were like, that's the worst thing they could have possibly read. They're like, now all they want to do is move to Hawaii and play volleyball. (laughs) (laughs) So there are still some kids that are like, yeah, match all day. Like I'll just play and play and play. And then other kids are like, ah, when's the water?
2: Yeah. No, I can (laughs) see that. It just depends. Yeah. So that was kind of the, the culture, the culture shock to me for getting the kids going. So,
1: yeah. What, what was, when you first came out on tour, who was like the top teams at that time? Was it, And the tour must have been just thriving back then, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I remember it was funny because to get on the tour, like all the guys had points, right? And so you had to either play like a qualifier the day before to get in if they had two spots or a spot. um, Besides Manhattan Open, which was like 64 and then, you know, obviously top 32 down to 48 and then they had the, the final like 16 spots or whatever left. And then you had a single... Elimination, battling <laughs> <that laughs> the birds.
0: So, <laughs> uh, single
2: elimination, yeah, round to play in to get into the round of 64, a okay. qualifier, so to speak. Okay, So that was kind of a, a unique way. Be the parrots, uh, We're yeah.
0: recording this at the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: um, but um, so that was, you know, that was that was the way in Manhattan. But yeah. for in general the tournaments, so there's because there's so many of them too. Like it would have one maybe the, the weekend before. But the, the year that I started trying to get in, like in '93 and through '94, they they had a qualifying tour. So they it was I thought this was great, and I, I'm shocked they never brought it back because I thought it was beneficial. I thought it helped. Create a depth to the tour and some feeding into the tour. We've talked
1: about that a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. similar to how uh, surfing is now.
2: Yeah, QS and the championship tour. Yeah, yeah. And so they had this. I mean, ten stops and there's some money. You don't, you know, you're not going to make rich off of it, but at least it'll pay for your trips and traveling out there. If especially you finish in the top three, four. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But what they did is you play in as many. In the they took the rank. You earn seating or uh, ranking points, and then they took the top eight. Of those finalists after the end of the season, and then you got an automatic exemption into the pro tour awesome. the following year. Mm-hmm. So you'd either have to play with somebody who's in the top uh, 48, or one of the guys in your um, that you qualified in eight to automatically make it in the tournament. Okay. But if you kind of got weeded out throughout the season, and you didn't team up with somebody in there, or some you know you weren't holding your own, then you just kind of got weeded out. And then what it did too is it gave those eight uh, players an opportunity to start weeding out the bottom of the tour right mm. and so that created a natural f- picking of going in and so when we came in a lot of the guys started following out who were just kind of holding on yeah. you know and going through and it just created a great I think a great following and in the f- next year the same thing and next year I think it was Todd Rogers and Dax Holderman who came through and they were like the number yeah. one guys huh. and I think Raul Papaleo and Greg Ryan and so there was a lot of good players that were coming through and just replacing the other good player formerly that were older and ready to get out, right? And just kind of created that. So the, back to your your questions, like the top players were Karch Karai, Ken Steffes, Tim, uh, Mike Dodd, Mike Whitmarsh, Hoblin, and Dodd had just kind of just kind of separated at that mm, time. Your boy Jose that was when jose was the man just coming yeah. out jose was adam johnson uh, yeah. adam johnson um yeah there was a Damn, lot of like uh, Akatubby. yeah <laughs> it was akatubby yeah we trained with akatubby all the time with 16th street crew yeah and so a lot of the guys like myself greg ryan nick hanneman and a few other guys we were all trained with him and and um you know that was a great opportunity for us so when he was playing with whoever he was playing with would train with them We also you know that was an opportunity for us like we got to train with karch so karch and kent or karch and adam and and whoever they were playing with they didn't really train with another top team they trained with kind of a more of the medium to right, lower right, right. end guys so it was great for us we learned this stuff and it's funny because we'd go down there and and karch is really competitive obviously yeah. right and he would we would do these things so i'd bring a, a weight belt and mine was maybe maybe like 10 12 pounds but he had a weight, west, uh, weight belt that was like 16 or 20 pounds, I think. I can't remember. And then so, okay, you do 10 jumps. I'll do 10 jumps. We'll play a game. And, you know, you, we'll see who wins. You, you beat me, you get 12 12-pack. Uh, 12 if you beat me, you get a 12-pack. Needless to say, I've, there was only one time that he had to pay me a 12-pack. But <laughs> out of all the dozens of times that we, we, we played. But I paid it back. I got paid very <laughs> bad. But, uh, I, <laughs> I beat him. In a practice against him and Adam Johnson, with this uh, guy named Bartek Pachowski, uh Polish player, uh, Polish national, League. very good player, and so we beat him in practice. I'm like, "Oh my God, we beat him!" Yeah. So I'm like, "Hey, you better be." I want a Miller Lite. And so he's like, "Because right. before he would always get." So I knew he liked. He liked genuine draft. I don't know why. But he, so all the time I'd have to go down, every time we practice. Like, okay, here's your genuine draft. And we play again, and I would then come back into the practice and give him a genuine draft. So we beat him and I was rubbing it in. And then I think it was the next week or the following week, we, um, I was playing with a guy named Daniel Cardenas, really good uh, uh, national team player from Cuba who came over and played on our tour and stuff. Really good player. And we are playing. We did really well in the tournament. And it was the last day we played. Back then, it was Saturday and Sunday. We played Mm -hmm. games. So we were playing in the winner's bracket on last day of Saturday to get into Sunday and get into the top five in the fifth place. Mm -hmm. And to get into the semis section. Actually, the semis. And uh, we're playing the last game of the day against Karch and Kent. And... uh, It's hard to explain that. (laughs) I try to tell people, no, we were playing really good. We just couldn't score. So it's like, (laughs) what do you mean by that? Well, the game lasted a little over an hour, but we didn't score a single point, and they beat us 15-0. to So how do you explain that you played well? (laughs) You just couldn't score. People, if you know an old-school side-out game, if you can play and hang out for a little while, you're you're okay. Bottom line is the score is not good when it says 15-0. But we were playing, and... (laughs) I'll never forget it because I was I was we were playing our butts off and we were chasing ball and Daniel Carnes is a huge block. He's pretty big. And um we were down 13 zero. So I walk up to the ten, the net. I said, "Karch, you know the deal at sixteenth Street. He goes, Yeah. So the deal at Sixteenth Street is anytime you get bailed, you got bagged you have to bring a case of beer down to the beach. Right. And he says, Yeah. And I said, Well, give me one point. And we're stadium stadium is packed, and I walk up uh-huh. to him and he's like I can't do that, sorry. I'm like, Karch, really? Come on! And I'm walking, I'm, you know, kicking center, of the thing. And the refs are yelling at me to go back. And I'm like, Karch, just give me one. He's like, Sorry, probably, I can't do that. And I'm like, God damn So I go back in there, and so he serves. We side out, and then I get the ball back, and I just go back and I rip the ball as hard as I can down the middle. Karch dives or passes it. He shanks it all the way back. Kent Steffes is running. To the side and runs into the banner and saves the ball, and I'm thinking like, what? Are you're up 15 here? Why? What what is he doing? (laughs) And uh, they get it and they get back and then Carr shoots it off and I run over and I dive and I hit, I dig it up, and Cardenas gives me a sense and I rip it across court and Kent ricochets off Kent and goes back into the far back of the end zone into the banner. All I remember is Karch going. Hoo. If you ever played against Karch, he does this hoofing like, hoo, hoo. <laughs> like he when he's really driving after something. He's hoo, hoo. and I'm like, what? The hell is going on right here? And he's going day to back and he just bombs it up there. Just swings back, pumps it up there. Kent's on the right side because Kent. Have you ever seen Kent play? He's got this perfect so line shot. It's yeah, yeah, good. Cuba's yeah. up there just reaching up there, and I'm just sitting the angle, and he hits it over the line. I start chasing it down. I, it was no way, it was just and I just laid there and everybody's going nuts in the stand. I'm looking at this guy going, for the love of God, all they needed is one. And <laughs> they were just going, people were going nuts. And oh my they wouldn't know. I'm like, dang. So we side out again, same thing. They go, they do all this crazy stuff. Long story short, we didn't score a point. Next thing <laughs> you know, on the last play, I'm diving and I missed the ball. And all my friends in the back that are from 16th Street are just, before we get breakfast there, yeah. And by the end of the day, the, the, the bagels are no good. They're hard, right? right? So they were just flying out of the player, player tent. <laughs> oh, I can see no. them just flying into the, behind the, the, sta- the they got the bleachers and stuff, In a time we used to have the, the stage right there, yeah. and they had the big scoreboard with your name and all the thing, and behind there was the player tent with all the food and everything. Yeah. And all I just can, I'm laying in the sand, I'll never forget seeing these bagels just flying over. <laughs> <laughs> All my friends, you're <laughs> laughing and you going here. I'm like, oh, this is horrible. But yeah, that was, that was uh, the fun times. So at least, least I wasn't the only one that had experienced that.
1: Right, but. I'm sure yeah. <laughs> most people experienced that against yeah. that team.
2: <laughs> but the worst part of that, it's not even where, the, so the, that, was in, um, that was in Seaside Heights. New, no, that was in uh, Belmar, New Jersey. Yeah. And then when we got back from Belmar, New Jersey, our, uh, two weeks later, Hermosa Open was at that time. And I'm walking. We're walking to the player tent, or player the tournament to the player tent. And Karts is coming around the corner with a case of beer. And he goes, "Here, here you go." And I go, "What are you doing?" And he goes, "I'm giving you a case of beer that you owe." And I go, "Yeah, I owe, not you owe, I owe." And he goes, "Yeah, but here I figure I feel bad. Here you go." I'm like, "Oh, you're gonna rub it in even more wow. now. You just you just like <laughs> stuck the knife in and you turned it more. Just twist like, the dagger. You just twist the knife, and then I gotta take this down to the guys at 16 because." It's right there, the yeah. beach, and so they're like, "Hey, you paid it up." I'm like, "Dude, I have to confess because I know one of them's gonna talk to Arch, uh, and I yeah. like, dude, he, the bastard gave it to me." <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of, it's it so kind funny. of a tricky thing, yeah. yeah. So it was like, man, but it was fun. It was yeah. Okay.
0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Sandcast fans. Just wanted to give a second. A shout out to one of our sponsors who has been here since day one, Wilson Volleyball. They make the absolute best beach volleyballs in the game. That's why pretty much everyone uses them. The college game uses them. CBVA uses them. Pretty much any tournament you'll find across the country uses them. The AVP obviously uses Wilson Volleyball. And even the German League was using the Wilson Volleyball. So Wilson is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And there's a reason for that. They make the absolute best beach volleyballs in the game. And you can use our discount code Sandcast-20 to get 20% off all Wilson Volleyball products. All right, that is Sandcast-20 for 20% off of Wilson Volleyball, the best beach volleyball in the game. So use that code to get yourself a new bag, a new cart, new whatever you want, a new bag of balls, and play with Wilson.
1: How's it? Try here. Just want to take a quick commercial break to let you know about a new game called CrossNet. CrossNet is the f- world's first four-square volleyball game. So instead of there being two sides of the net, there's four sides to the net, and it X's in the middle. Uh, it's a really fun game, and I joined the CrossNet team late last year, and I've been having a lot of fun with it with my buddies out in Hawaii and also here in California. Uh, I've been playing with other pros as well, like Casey Patterson and the Crab Brothers. Uh, but it's not just for pros, it's actually great for all skill levels. In fact, CrossNet is being played in over 10,000 schools to help teach the game of volleyball. So it really is for anybody, and I highly recommend it. CrossNet is now available in Walmart, Dick's, Shields, Academy Sports, and pretty much every other major retailer. So you shouldn't have a problem getting it. Or you can just head to crossnetgame.com to pick up a net. And make sure to use code SANDCAST for $25 off your order. All right, back to the
0: action. Ruthless. Yeah. What an interesting era you came into because I mean you came in, like, kind of, Karch and Kent were at the peak of their powers, one of the best teams of all time. But also, that was when beach volleyball was being pushed into the Olympics mm-hmm. and the FIVB was kind of just getting going. Yeah. Uh, what was it like, just the friction on tour? Because I know that it was kind of... Sinjin verse the world a little bit. Um, I don't know if you were kind of in it enough to really feel it, but you
2: know that was uh definitely was there to feel it, but I was still kind of the greenhorn of the tour and yeah. so I wasn't able to really get dive into it like I was able to later on. I kind of consider myself very lucky but then unlucky because I was young when I started in there and I got to experience those moments all the way through the Olympics of so what they were, you know, what was being what we were going through and what we were trying to do. And and then even like a couple of years after, um, but then the tour taking a huge dive. And, and at like, that point for me, that should have been like my career peak. Usually we say 28 to 35 is a peak for a beach volleyball player. And so that was like dead into that, that zone for right. me. So to go through 98, 99 and 2000 and 2001, just kind of skimming I mean, literally my first three, four years on tour, we were playing, I think our prize money was like 4.5 million or something like that. And that was pretty much just the men. It yeah. wasn't like men and women. It was some of them were. Um, but then literally, I remember one song, I think it was in 99, we played for like $600,000. So, I mean, we went from that to yeah. that. So, I mean... And so the players were kind of shifting, the, 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 the drive is there. I mean, I was still gung-ho because I was young enough to want to still play and do right. all stuff and I tried to do my best to do it. But the other flip side, of it it's kind of like everything kind of got shut down. So yeah. that was disappointing. It was frustrating in the fact that we had, we had such a hold on the sport and then somehow when the Olympics got there, it just got, I mean, that's the part I'm frustrated with because I didn't know how, what was actually happening. And so everybody's got their own point of view and obviously Sinjin went and did what he did, but you know, and kind of, I think it shifted a lot of the power towards there when AVP should have had the power, or at least Mm -hmm. some of their control. I mean, it's so frustrating the fact that to get into the Olympics, you know, like you guys are trying It's like you have to go overseas to qualify for American tour Instead
1: of building the American tour, playing in front of American fans and yeah, 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 I agree
2: So that's the that's the tricky part and it's uh, unfortunate because you know back then we had we had a lot I mean God when when uh, you see some of those things when Randy and Sinjin and Holland Dodd go down to like Brazil I mean, it was like the biggest thing since sliced bread. It was, yeah. just great. It was Huge Dude's Pictures, right? dude. Yeah, are nuts. You're just like, oh my god, look at those people out there. It, even on our own tour here, like I remember going to tournaments. Even like Hermosa, Manhattan, I grew up watching and seeing. Yeah. It's like I knew those just monsters, right? right? But like when I first went to Chicago, I remember walk. I'll never forget it. Walking down like, the first thing in the morning. It was like seven thirty in the morning, and there was packed people yeah. on the beach, ready for waiting for uh-huh. the tour to start with their towels laid out and, you know, keeping their spots and stuff like that. And I was just like, man, and just seeing that and understanding where it was all, its was like, that was pretty amazing to yeah. see. So it was kind of frustrating the way it just kind of took. We had, I believe we had some poor management, obviously, poor, you know, we had some embezzlement going on. Yeah, and it's like, oh, man, so how's that? How does that? You can't survive with that.
1: It's so. crazy how, how much timing of your career can... Yeah, have an impact on your, I don't know, legacy, right? Like, because, I mean, NBA, these sports that have just been solid throughout, you're playing the same amount of games as people before and after you. You're, I mean, the money's always changing. Um, but for our sports, like, yeah, like, you could have had four years of your prime taken out. Yeah. Or, like, you can't compare Karch to Phil, necessarily, because Phil yeah. probably has only played in as many as clutches won. Right. Yeah. Right. And I mean like I'll speak for myself like I've only played in probably like I wish I knew the number but I've probably averaged 3 4 ABPs. Yeah. A season? Yeah. My career, yeah, like I'm not catching anyone. (laughs) 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 Like, we used to play in 25 a year, yeah, like that's ridiculous. It's
2: funny because, like, uh, was it two days ago on the old school volleyball Somebody, I forget this guy named Mike Hayes or something, posts every so often. He goes, Oh, and you know, back in 1998, Carts and Adam won. Um, the I think it was a Miami San Jose or the um, Jose Cuervo or something, yeah. And it was, like, the 40th for Adam Johnson and the 70th or something, whatever it was, I forget I remember. But it was, like, I'm, like, oh, my God, like, 70 Opens at that point? I'm, like, yeah. <laughs> and I just, I just kind of responded. said, so, man, I hope the sport gets back to where we can say, like, you know, I, he had a dozen w- uh, Open wins in one season. Yeah, he was right. over, you know, 200 or 150 if, uh, career events. Get, and
1: now it's, like, AVP Team of the Year gets, has three wins. Yeah, like that's what Man. that's and what me it's, and, and I it's like no, me damn, me and they dominated won two and got team of the year. Yeah, we want yeah we won two and then made I don't know two two more. Yeah. how much, how much was your prize like like money four. that year? <laughs> we probably pulled, I don't know we probably pulled him forty grand or something. Yeah, see. Like I was yeah. t- I was making fun <laughs> of. We were making I'm all sorry, but I,
2: I I was making fun of uh, uh, Rosenthal. Rosenthal, I think it was in maybe 2016 or something. I, maybe that was like one of his. Highlight like, careers right, yeah. right. 20, like, in the AVP. Oh, yeah. He, right. he was, he he won, but he, I think he barely won, like, 20, 30 grand or something <laughs> yeah. total. And I was like, dude, I made that in my first year. Who was that? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> exactly. So it was kind of well, like. Well, and that's
1: why the World Tour has all this power, too. Yeah. Because they, I mean, until the star system came out, they were providing so much more money. I was, oh, you yeah. know, doubling, yeah. doubling that playing on the World Tour so it's like a no-brainer to leave but at yeah, the same yeah. time we want to build this sport up here in the u.s and get it back to what it was it's just tricky yeah very <laughs> tricky
2: right it's really tricky And what scares me the most is that you know i'm glad donaldson's out there doing his thing yep. and putting it out there but the flip side is like man if he decides he wants to step away it's not like hey travis could jump in that car and start driving it yeah, yeah. He'll take it over it's it's not that's not possible unless right. you have got a billion dollars in your back pocket, you know. So it's like, man. So that's if anybody what wants to sponsor, me. we'll take billion. Yeah. Has a
0: billion dollars. Yeah,
1: I'll run dollars. it for you. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah. got the guy to run it yeah. for sure.
2: <laughs> but that, you know that's the scary part, and I've uh, I never understood, you know, the last couple guys who have gone there, what why they did what they did. I mean, from my experience, it's like everybody who's kind of stepped in and that I've seen over my time they wanted to take it mainstream. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can't do, the sport's not like that. You can't take it mainstream. Mainstream is not where this sport belongs, unfortunately. Um, so we won't probably get to that, I think. But if you paint it, you're more of a lifestyle type sport mm. where people embrace it and, and find it as a full, you know, cultural thing or, and enjoy it the way it is, I think then it'll grow. I kind of look at it as a surfing. Surfing kind of has a similar type struggle. Yeah. Um, but they're, Surfing's they're
1: thriving though like they,
2: they have their they have their insight because I, I have a lot of friends that are in the surf world as well okay. but they the big difference is that that they have an industry that is thriving a in surf a industry yeah. right yeah, they, like, they have exactly. their apparels all this stuff is worth you know 6.7 billion dollars or something Jeez. you know where they have that so you can go to you can go to Ohio, which is not a single ocean out there. probably yeah. Somebody who's never even seen the ocean, and you'll see them walking around in a billabong or a quicksilver. Right, yeah. ball- There's a surf a, you know? shop
1: at, at the mall. Yeah, right. There's not going to be any volleyball shops. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. But you know, so it's got to be that kind of thing. It's got to be that culture thing that people want to do, which it is. But it just needs to be expanded and yeah. kind of grown from there. The way yeah, the way I see it, and you know, unless I come up with a few million dollars to put it out there to prove it. I'm kind of stuck here but um, that's kind of how I see it and I think a lot of people who have been around kind of see that as well yeah. um, and just kind of bringing that, that I think that would help bring the growth and bring the sport and obviously I, I right now I believe NCAA is saving our sport oh yeah by totally. far right it's just the kids are have an opportunity an education play at a high level and an opportunity is to play afterwards and something yeah. you know now if we just get the guy side to do that which I don't know if what's that gonna take. So.
1: Yeah, I think if the girls, the girls do well, you know, the guys will follow. Because a lot of people, I don't know, they say like the a lot of fans show up for the girls, but then stay to watch the guys. Okay. Right, because it's like a, I mean, girls is just a bigger sport. It's yeah. the biggest yeah. female sport in America, right? Volleyball, as a whole. So there's gonna be a lot more girls coming to the beach watch their favorite players. Yeah. But you're gonna watch the guys because it's faster yeah. pace and more. No, absolutely. And all that. So I, I think they'll grow together. So I'm stoked on NCAA.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. That's why I try to do everything I can to keep keep growing that. And and there are some small colleges, uh, a couple in the East Coast, a couple here mm-hmm. that have men uh, beat men's beach volleyball, and they have scholarship opportunities mm-hmm. for them. It's just Trying to get everybody on board from AVCA, which is trying to help, and USA Volleyball, and and um, NCAA to grasp it and take it and just yeah. make it, it. To me, it's it's a no-brainer. The schools who are involved already have volleyball courts or have a women's program, so it's yep. easy to just to plug the men's. Mm-hmm. It's low in cost. Um, it's an opportunity to showcase the college and an opportunity for to develop the men's program, especially for a national team perspective yeah. because we don't have that we don't yeah. have that opportunity because i mean <laughs> you'll see a great athlete you know come out and play and then you're like oh well they're going indoor it's no brainer oh yeah. school and oh, money for sure, for sure. that's why it's like man then we have to wait for them to come back right and by then they're 20 you know late 20s and pretty banged up banged up <laughs> you know had a couple surgeries already and then they got to start almost like kind of scratch from yeah. beach and Learning the game, so it's like it's man. like
0: we're kind of uh, first one that comes to mind is uh, James Shaw, yeah, who he was over in Italy, and you played him a couple of times. Mm. Um, big dude, but he's already had like surgery on his knee, yeah. and he's he's like you can see. I practice with him a couple of times a week, and he's just like he wants to be as good as he was at indoor yeah. like tomorrow, yeah, and he's, he just gets so frustrated. I'm like. Cause and Mark Fishman's coaching him. I'm like Mark, if he's just patient with himself, he's gonna be like probably one of the best blockers in like three years. Yeah, but I told, we I just told keep him keep berating too, the other
1: himself. Because we, we gave him a nice little beatdown <laughs> in the tournament. But but I told him after he looked all frustrated, like dude, I'm like you you grew up playing beach? He's like, no, I just started three months ago. Like, dude, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing good. We actually played good that match. Yeah. So uh, if we're playing well and we don't smash you and you've only been playing beach for three months, then that's really bad on our part. <laughs> um no but that guy for sure is doing good.
0: Yeah. But that's like our men's pipeline. It's yeah. just like, all right, you're you're tired of indoor and you can still like your body's okay. All right, come play beach. Yeah. Instead of the women where it's okay, well, I want to be on the beach instead of indoors. I'm going to do it from the grassroots up. Yeah. And now you see why our women are so good. It's fun yeah. to watch. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there were uh, some battles this weekend. I don't know if you keep track of the college game too much but yes, LSU is. and Florida State came in town and played UCLA and USC yeah. so it's pretty much like those four teams and then a massive drop yeah. in everyone else and USC lost two matches which is yeah. crazy um, and Kristen Nuss still undefeated Baller? beat Tina dang yeah cool. so podcast yeah.
1: is good luck <laughs> I guess <laughs> Tina was on too we did have Tina Kristen on Kristen was more recent yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah. it's it's fun stuff so That's but who's
2: sure. ranked number one right now
0: so USC? I, I think UCLA is about to take it wow because UCLA beat, oh, they beat everyone this weekend David LSU this past weekend yeah. Savvy yeah Savvy
2: there we go Savvy wow. is I and think she was,
0: she was the first one to take a set off Kristen and they lost like 24-22 in the third wow. battle Jose and,
1: Loyola yeah bringing some wisdom he is yes. <laughs> <laughs> but aren't they the defending national champions so uh kind yeah of. I think
0: back to back and then yeah. this will yeah COVID doesn't count so, so they're mm-hmm. going for third in round. yeah right man so Mark you've been involved
1: with um like I mean the youth volleyball movement for a long time and you were at USA Volleyball what was the exact position with, high performance it was the
2: manager it was weird when I first got hired it was the uh, manager of uh, Junior Beach Volleyball or something like that mm-hmm. and then it became um, beach events because yeah. they kind of put some of the collegiate events and the juniors and stuff like that they over were trying
1: it. to figure out a lot yeah. I feel like the direction that USA Beach was trying to go was a little bit all over the place for a little while
2: Uh, From what I saw. It's, yeah, it's, they've, (laughs) I mean, unfortunately with COVID, they ended up, you know, cutting my department and moved on and stuff. And there's, you know, the boss that I had, she's still there, but she was kind of more the indoor side. So it was, to be honest, it was a little tough for a guy like me who's grew up in the beach and knew the beach culture and stuff. And dealing with mostly people who were on the indoor side Mm -hmm. and, you know, didn't really know the beach as well so it was a little frustrating and how to deal with that um and yeah you're right there was a lot of zigzagging going on in like no direction well
1: like, they had a you know. new ceo change a while C- you're there yeah.
2: yeah so that was the other things too is before like you know um i forgot his name that was in there for i'm drawing a blank um but he had you know he had a lot of indoor experience he had a national team back in the the, the 80s and everything and he was, you know, had the indoor oh, side Beale. of it. Doug Beale. Yeah. there we go. So Doug Beale had all of that, but the beach side really never, I felt never really got the true love, even through the 96 Olympics right. and the players never felt that. And now it's back to your question about yeah. like, what, how do you think the whole thing is? We never felt like we've got this true support and I still don't think we're fully getting this true support that beach volleyball should have, yeah. you know, and uh, the, the true attention to it to where we can help, you know, pushed the, the women's the, the women athlete and then most importantly the men yeah know, so but yeah it's a work tough. in progress yes for Yes. sure yeah.
0: and you're doing what you can uh so for the a lot of our listeners know that there are these many tournaments at 16th but they don't know that you're the guy that pretty much makes them happen because uh, yeah. you you are the only <laughs> tournament director i've ever seen
2: who went without one complaint and it turned out At least it wasn't brought to my attention yet. I don't know, <laughs> we'll see. It was always, a, that's always the, the trick. I mean, the junior stuff you were telling me about, like before, when I started running it, so it was, when I got into USA Volleyball, that was about uh, five, six years ago, and running the events. And I, before that, I would help with some of the, the local junior stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I, before that, I, back in like, even like the early 2000s, I would help with some stuff. But yeah. I, I always wanted to be, I was afraid to get involved with the beach volleyball period because I knew the politics of it and all the right. baloney and all the hoop. I just said like, there's no way I want to get involved. Yeah. And then um, I got lucky. I got I did this tour um, called the Volvo Ocean Race. Okay. It's a sailing race. I know the sailor. I've heard of But that. these guys sail around the world, but I got to work with some of these guys and doing like a cross-branding thing with a stand-up paddle yeah. board, Laird Hamilton, this guy named Wonka Karugian okay. who designed these bo- boards and stuff. And so we would go through into every city and I'd do this little promo thing. So long story short, dude, it was an amazing trip, came back and I was, you know, then I was uh, doing some stuff with Laird Stand-Up and um, selling boards and stuff. And then um, Evan Silberstein from University okay. of Hawaii. Said, "Hey, man, you got to go and apply for USA Volleyball's hiring for this um, beach position." Blah blah blah. And I was like, "No way, I don't want to get involved." Yeah. And then and, um, later on that day, Dancer Styles and, and Evan come and attack me again. I guess, "Hey, let's go cool. have a drink and just <laughs> sit down." So we're like, "Yeah, you should go apply for it." So they kind of planted the seed, and then I was like, "No way, no way." And then like maybe like a month later, I just kind of like, ah, oh, go check it out. And I put in, so I put my name in the half. So that position they were talking about had gone, had picked up, but I put my name in, because when you go in and look at stuff, it kind of keeps track of your information, lets yeah. you know when other stuff. Mm-hmm. So the, the position that, you, that I was talking about when I started with ended up coming up. I was like, yeah, maybe I'll just go and throw yeah. my hat and just, just see. And next thing I know, bam, bam, bam. I'm, I got the position and I'm like, oh, okay (laughs) and that was where all the eye opening stuff happening and how much more the sport has changed and and what the the, the culture is now versus to what I understood it and at at that time too just prior to that I started coaching my high school team so I really started seeing just the direct stuff and um, with my kids in high school like how to to coach them the different mentality that I grew up with and the different culture of the sport and and even when I had the job at USA Volleyball and i go to the kids and go, hey, so you guys playing in a tournament? They're like, what tournament? I'm like, there's a junior tournament the Hermosa Pier. And they're like, oh no. I go, well, we're playing in another one. And I'm like, what another one? I'm like, what are you talking about? What other one could it be to be? Yeah. I go, what tournaments do you know about? And they're like, oh, we know about the AAU. We know about this other one and this other one. And I'm like, you never heard of USA Volleyball, the beach volleyball tournament? like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> so it was kind of a tricky thing. It's like getting them, kind of relearning and trying to explain yeah. to them, hey, this is your opportunity. This is one of your tier steps. which you, you want to where do, you want to go. Yeah. You have to get involved with that. So yeah. it's kind of a, you know, it was a learning process for sure. So yeah. nice that's right.
0: And well, one thing I'm so we've had uh, Ed Keller and Greg delgado yeah. on the podcast, just the Sixteenth Street Homies. Yeah. Um, How did these little mini tournaments start? They kind of come up. What was the idea? Because I think they're genius, and I know that the players love them. Good good. because they're such good. Delaney was, and I talked to Sarah Sponsel, and they're saying it's such a good time to try new, to test new things in a competition format where the stakes are not i'm gonna make the olympics or not yeah you know yeah. so it's like a, it's such a good opportunity because you have i mean the final for the one before doha was literally the final in doha yeah with right. April, and alex and mel and path so it's awesome i was just wondering how they got started um and how you were able to kind of pull it off in just have a pretty tense
2: yeah. uh, social environment well you know i mean obviously you guys saw when everything started happening last year and then um The players needed a place, you guys needed a place to train for the AVP events last year. So, the long story of the history of everything is that we've had beach volleyball, it's such a, the culture of it has had these locations that were your home spot, right? Yeah. You had, you know, you had your 16th Street, you had the Hermosa Pier, you had State Beach, you know, um, Marine Street. So those are the big ones, and all the way down to San Diego from your Mission, your Moonlight, you know, and all those places down there, and Ocean Beach. All the locals in their place, when they all traveled and played on the tour, you kind of were like that spot. Mm-hmm. So you pl- competed against the other guys. You were kind of competing for your 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 local spot too, yeah. you know. So if you're playing a State Beach team, it's like, oh man, you know, your Sixteenth Street better beat, you know, yeah. State Beach or Marine and. And so it's always had that stuff going on all through, you know, as long as I remember. We have tournaments, local tournaments that started with a lot of those guys from the 50s yeah. that are still going on that we call the novelty four man stuff. Okay. So basically, it's, that's always happened. So when the, this all hit and all the players didn't really have a place to go, and um, so we kind of made a little compound of the, the six courts, four yeah. of the six courts that we have down there, and said, look, we're gonna put this, and we just want the pro players to come and train. That's yeah. it. We didn't want any anybody coming in and stuff. So, you know, we, put, we had always put our stuff up there. We was a couple times, we kind of got sketchy where we put them up and they took them down. They started okay. trying to cut them and stuff. But we worked it out, got it set. And then what I did was I went to the city and to the chief of her is is amazing guy great yeah. guy he you know under, I, I feel bad for him in the position he gets put in sometimes yeah. but um he understood you know what we were trying to do and how we were trying to help you guys to be able to train and, and get the practice in and so he kind of said look just do as much as you can and we'll make it happen so with greg myself and ed and You know, we try to make sure that the nets, we had time schedules for people who could train Mm -hmm. and things like that, so we kept it consistent. Plus, kind of balancing the locals. So those courts are maintained by the locals. I'm kind of the more the front-end guy who does a lot of the physical stuff Mm -hmm. with another guy named Dan Inskeep, and we kind of keep up with the courts. And so the money that we raise from the the tournaments that we run for the local four-man tournaments we give to charity, and a little portion we keep to the side to maintain our nets oh, and our equipment awesome. and stuff. So I didn't know we kind of do that. And if we you know, we need volleyballs for our little tournaments and stuff, we do that. So we kind of keep a little system of that. So there's a big thing that's been going on for years, and um, even with the former Matt Gage, the tournament director. Mm-hmm. So it's years and years of stuff that's just been going on. So it just kind of came into, well, we can do this. Let's see yep. what happened. So we did it with the local guys and um, created that opportunity. And then it came you know before the mckibben brothers had did a uh or had hosted a little four-man celebrity thing yeah. and they kept talking about hey you got to do that again you do it again and we kind of think about was it, like well if uh, we had like little training practices for the the pros as well let's make it happen so i kind of let them they kind of the girls actually i think came to me first and said hey we want to try to run a tournament can we run it here and i'm like, sure i'll help if you need me to yeah and they're like Oh, really? And I'm like, yeah. So I kind of helped with that one. And that, I think that was the first one. The girls kind of did their own little mini one. And it was just only like maybe, I don't know, 16s like or something like that. And then um, the guys came in with the McKibbons and did like a king of the court deal. Mm-hmm. I think you you were there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, yes, where you played too. Yeah. And that was, uh, um, you know, that was a lot of uh, good success. And that kind of, those are the ones that just kind of steamed, you know, kind of tick and made it the next step and Mm. then obviously it was a no-brainer when it came down to for these um for the olympic stuff and you guys hadn't really had a competition competition in in such a long time and we're sending you know our teams out to go play (laughs) in (laughs) in the um, the fivb who were those guys who knows what they were training i'm sure they were creating their own opportunities and we just you know we just thought like dude we got to keep an opportunity for these guys so we just kind of put it out there and said look if it's there and then um then, so we hosted uh, another one, and then later on more this year. Mark Fishman and Scott Davenport had called and said, "Hey, we heard you helped with the other ones. We want to do this again." I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, this would be great." And so we just, you know, for us, it's the guys, the local street, the you know, the 16th Street guys. We a lot of us have been there before. We know a lot of them have been just supportive of beach volleyball, and you grew up in the area, so they yeah. know. And just kind of having that understanding of making sure that we send our guys out there prepared, you know, and giving them every opportunity, that's how we look at it. So, And that's why I go down there, I try to take care of the nets and try to set it up for you guys, and you come down, so you kind of have that feeling of Mm -hmm. like, so I know what it's like, I know what it's like to be like, you know, just kind of going and setting up your stuff and you're playing on some things stuff, you know? Yeah. So if we can make it professional, you guys feel professional, you guys can train hard, and that's why when I I help uh, Angie Akers with Alex and April, I mean, I know getting that extra the get your volleyballs and shagging them for them and you know doing silly stuff like that But well, I'm down at it the goes beach a so. long way. It goes along. it's an extra wrap it's an extra yep. you know, mm-hmm. touch on the ball those things keep going you know so like when they're peppering boom 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 and the ball goes flying I throw them another ball it's not stopping you yeah. know yeah. No, keep going you guys keep going you know and and so when you're doing drills and all that stuff you guys, you guys know that's yep. just every opportunity and you don't think about it really when you're doing it until maybe you get older or maybe you're not like me i was just going just i was just playing man. i was yeah. just kept playing as much as i could and playing and you know doing so i realized that it, the more you know you got the better you would get um but never really thought it until like later later yeah <laughs> i was no, a late bloomer <laughs>
1: i can't, can't even thank you enough for doing all that stuff nah, it's huge it for us especially you know when we hold ourselves uh on this level and like consider ourselves a certain level of athlete like you know, it's yeah. hard to go down to the court and like set the whole thing up, make sure it's nice. Yeah, the f- the freaking rings are like falling off; cause they're all <laughs> rusted. But like now, it's like no, we got to go to a court that Mark's taking care of. <laughs> like you came out to our court, fully put up a new system, so Jose. Because like half the time, if you go to random courts, the net'll yeah like, it'll break halfway through practice. Yeah, it'll just like be drooping, and antennas are all over the place. Mm-hmm. But Having that setup is huge. It oh, makes good. it more, way more efficient for us. makes you feel like a professional, like you said. And, yeah. like, every little rep, every five minutes that you're not spending, like, messing with the net, you're getting more reps. Yeah. So that's it's huge for us, for sure.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you guys like that. It's good. I yeah, would no say, Crack, Hey, Mark, uh, how do you order a pole? And I'm oh. like, what? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> what are you talking about? I'll come down and I'll talk to you when I come see you. And I'm like, okay, so I can... Uh, hey I gotta order a pole I'm like what do you mean you gotta order a pole explain to me what you're talking about ah <laughs> oh, my pole somebody broke the pole at our turn at our court and I'm like oh your volleyball pole the pole yeah <laughs> I'm like, oh That's any
1: kind man <laughs> like, because somebody- I had no idea he just came yeah. out and asked so I gotta get a pole I'm like sounds like what? Jose <laughs> I'm
2: like Jose what are you talking about and he's like oh. and so the first I go okay I'm gonna see if he can handle this. So I go, hey, okay, so you call. I gave him the number. I said, call these guys, tell them you want a uh, six by six pressure treated wood, 14 foot long. So he's like, oh, Six That's gonna be a rough order <laughs> for Jose. Then he's okay, okay. And he walks away and then literally walks back in like two minutes and, What is it again? Six <laughs> by six. Let me guess. You, you ended up
1: doing it. Yes.
2: Bottom <laughs> <laughs> <I don't laughs> line. I knew it. I knew it. Bottom <laughs> line, I said, Jose, don't don't worry. I'm gonna have it sent to you. What time can you be at the at your court? Oh, I'll be there tomorrow morning. Okay, okay, I'll have it, I'll have it there. I see, but I can't be there to help you. He goes, well, how am I gonna I go, then get get somebody? Call Ingenia, it come down and help. Ingenia lives right Somewhere, over there. Yeah.
1: Four of your kids.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and I said, like, because I couldn't be there that morning. Yeah. I said, but you have got to get this coat so I can put it in later after because I was actually just training with the girls that morning. Yeah. And I was like, I'll, I'll come down after, but you got to get it so I can drop it off so it's there. Then he's like, okay, okay. He goes, well, what do I? I gotta paint it. I'm like, then paint it. Like, go put it in, Put paint on it when you get down there. <laughs> what color you want? Paint it. He's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Ah, they left it down here. They, the, the guy, just we just put it over the wall. I'm like, great, that's perfect. So, what do I gotta do now? I said, just hold on, I'll get there. <laughs> I don't want to get too crazy explaining yeah. anything. So he showed up there. We dug out the hole. We you bro, did pulled everything. out there, the other pre. Yeah, <laughs> I go. So help me pull. It. And he's sitting there. Go walking back. Well, well, you know you. And I'm like just here. Just I'll do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know if he's really smart and he just got me to do all that stuff, or <laughs> yeah. he just he really doesn't know all this stuff. So he's just kind of like ah. But no, it, so was it was all good. It was a lot of fun. It was like, and then he had all those kids come out. And it was dark. It was getting yeah. dark when we were, and we found the piece because at first we couldn't find the piece to replace yeah. to put the other one back. <laughs> so oh,
1: <laughs> and my daughter's here. Talking. Hi.
2: Whoa! Now you got everybody's <laughs> attention.
1: She wanted to say
0: hi. <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to say that there's a causation here. But so Doha after the mini tournament. It was the first time in more than a decade we've had four American teams in the semifinals,
2: so. Yeah, I, I, when, I, when that happened, I was like, okay, well, either something we did really well, or those, you know, everybody's doing well, and let's not stop. Let's keep yeah, going yeah. forward, you know? Like, oh, at that point, I was like, let's keep, <laughs> whatever it is you guys want or need, let's keep pushing, Yeah, because to have that, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, that is huge. We haven't had something like that in a long time. Yeah, and so for us, the Americans to be pushed past all like the Brazilians and everybody else, Mm -hmm. you know, as you know, both you guys know, the Brazilian like those guys are so deep. Oh yeah, and so for us to have that going on, and you know, that's going to be big. So. (laughs)
1: we've had all the noises come on this podcast (laughs) the basketball the the parrots the babies um we don't want to take up too much more of your time but um tell us about sandcourt experts if can people hire you to come build courts for them and like help them
2: yeah absolutely um so my my buddy came to me probably about like seven years ago eight years ago right when NCAA started Mm -hmm. kicking and everything and he had got, he had, funny story though, when I was playing on the tour, my second year on the tour, <laughs> wow. I was playing and we were in uh, Clearwater and um, another friend had brought my buddy over, Butch, over yeah. Yeah. to meet, come and watch beach volleyball in Clearwater. Yeah. So he came over and he had a blast. Yeah. yeah, he just said, man, this is the greatest thing. He's from like central Florida. Just, mm-hmm. like, he didn't really play, he never even saw beach volleyball. So he was the greatest thing. So then he went back home, and at the time we had five stops in Florida. So yeah. we were like, that was our third stop. So we had another one in like right. Fort Myers before we went to Pensacola. And she so goes, I'm coming back. I'm coming down again to watch you guys play. And yeah. we're like, oh great! So he came down to Fort Myers, watched us play. We had a blast, had fun. And then he went home, and then we went to Pensacola, and you know we kept in touch. But after that second weekend, literally, he went home. He was a con- he's a he's a contractor, and so. He went straight to his backyard and built himself a volleyball court. Oh, awesome. Right next to his little lake back there, built this little volleyball court. And says, hey, you guys come over. We can hang out and play. And so, you know, when we had long stops or we had breaks, and so we'd go there and hang out and train in his backyard. And so, and then, like, the following year, two years later, I think it was, he moved and he built a bigger house and he had this huge, he made this immaculate volleyball court in his backyard. So we're talking like 97, I think, 96, 97. And so he built this beautiful court in the backyard um, with lights and everything. And Then what happened was everybody started going over to play at his house. In the local bar that had a volleyball court, nobody was going there. (laughs) So the bar was like, hey, can you help us fix our court so people would come there? And he said, yeah, "Yeah, sure. And so he helped them fix it, and then he helped some other place fix theirs. And so after a while, and then in in 2010 or 11, the... um, in Tavares, city of Tavares and stuff, they asked yeah. hey, will you build? Oh, you built for- the one in Tavares? Yeah. Whew. Dude, so, those are some great courts. Yeah, the only problem is like, it's in the middle of Florida. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> but it was an opportunity. So when he was building that, he called me and says, well, he built those and he called me and says, look, uh, I think we might have something here. Yeah. NCAA is doing all this stuff apparently yeah. and we're gonna be doing, do you wanna be a part of it? And I'm like. At first, I was like, "Eh, I got other stuff." I was, I was slinging stand-up paddle boards, and I thought that was going to be the yeah. next takeoff yeah. thing. And I was like, "No, nah, I better stick." And then, like a little later, I call like, "Yeah, I'll help. Yeah, I'll yeah. help out." So we just ended up building it, and he, you know, he finished those courts, and then we started the business, and it's just been kind of steady with the whole yeah. thing. So yeah, we we can offer turnkey operation. You can call. And we can help you with everything from start to finish. You got the place that you want to do that, and can have it, Or we can even be contracted in, in different sections of it. Yeah. So we've dealt with the different major colleges like Cal Poly, FSU. College courts are so cool. Yeah, they're really that's nice. Um, of the, and that's what
0: Todd was saying. He's like, it, you have it's a very real home court advantage now.
2: Yeah. And it's and like they love it. Yeah. It, it that place is we helped design it and the specs and all the stuff and, and selecting the sand and all mm-hmm. that fun stuff and everything. And then they had a, a contractor that had been used, to, the school uses all, all the time. And so they built, you know, what we, to the specs that we suggested yeah. and recommended. And then we helped supply the sand. We helped um, the, the volleyball equipment and things like that. And and uh, even down to, like, helping them decide on the, the scoreboard and sound and stuff. But the sound, man, it's, they actually took it to the next level. They put it into this uh, the scoreboard they have there because they've had a couple of them they put in there for like yeah. their tennis team, and they're monsters. This thing's a big soundboard, yeah. and uh, it just—I mean—you can hear it from way across. You can hear probably the whole town. It's crazy, <laughs> but it, yeah, it is a true like um, home court experience that you have, like you can yeah. take advantage of, and uh, the, the fans are great there and stuff. And I was very fortunate. I actually, <laughs> when he when, right before we built it. He was hosting the uh, Big West Conference um, tournament okay. at Pismo Beach. And I said, hey, you need somebody to help you with running you know, the tournament? He goes, yeah. I go, do you have like PA system, play music, you know, announces and all this stuff? He goes, no. And I said, well, you want me to bring that? He goes, yeah. So <laughs> I went up there and I brought all that stuff and I did a little bit of announcing, ran the tournament for him, collect, you know, kind of was a tournament director, ran the thing, and we had a great time and everything was good. And then after we built the, the facility, he said, hey, in the opening day, you wanted to help do that? I'm like, yeah. So I went up there and did yeah. that. And, and so I had fun doing that, too. And I just actually was two weeks. And when you asked about college or college uh, volleyball, I was up there during the Big West Conference again. But it was in their home court. Yeah. So it was the first time they had it there. And I got to do all that stuff again. That's it was awesome. a lot of fun. So yeah, it's to see, to see a place like that where we were they we must have had like three different locations. So the the point of us we can help with any school, HOA, you know, private build, sports facilities, uh clubs we've built across the country mm-hmm. and um come out there and help or be, you know, run the thing from start to finish and and have it ready. So yeah. Um but yeah, that's it's it's a it's coming along. COVID is Kind of stalled a little bit, but it's kept a lot of people interested right. because everybody needs to be outside, yep. and so it's really helped on that part too. So we've yeah. got a lot of inquiries and we've got a lot of potential nice. of stuff. So How can people
1: yeah. um, get in touch with you? Well,
2: they can con- so You can go to our website at uh, That's sandcourtexperts.com. That's s a n d c o u r t e x p e r t scom and yeah, you can get all the information. You can check out other places we've done and, and contact us through there for sure. I'm hoping that I
1: can get a property to wear I need you to build a court on it Yeah, in
2: Hawaii. Absolutely. That's my dream. Yeah. That would yeah, be, be my dream too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll fly you out. It probably won't take much to do. No, 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 no. You won't have to play, take, a take much. Just maybe B lunch, man.
1: Spam Musubi or yeah, something. Absolutely. go. Well, oh, yeah. that's
2: perfect. <laughs> it, but That's a funny thing. April Ross just finally had her first Spam Musubi the other day. Oh. What? She told me this morning. She's like, yeah, I like had my it? friends and she's Oh shit, it was really good. Like, but I gotta work it off now. Like, what are you talking about? That's the Hawaiian energy bar right yeah, there, man. Exactly. Yeah. That's what everybody I mean as kids growing up was from, yeah. from basketball, mm-hmm. baseball, soccer practice. All soccer the moms bring it. Oh yeah, it was to and a Hawaiian
1: son. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was it, man. Canned yeah, juice. Yeah.
1: i didn't realize can juice isn't really a thing yeah. except for in hawaii that's like <laughs> the thing. that's the thing, the thing yeah 100 yeah, yeah
2: that is funny man yeah people don't realize that that is yeah. classic but yeah it's just uh it's good stuff man yeah right, we was was appreciate
0: there? you uh you coming on yeah i uh, appreciate blast. all Thanks, that you're doing man. for
2: the sport too yeah. Yeah, um, you're building awesome sure. courts
0: you're putting on awesome tournaments and uh helping uh our teams get some medals exactly. yeah that would be awesome man. yeah yep. raising morale Dude. for the boys here heading into Cancun exactly
1: <laughs> yeah. that really helped out I'm feeling much better uh, <laughs> yeah. after that this last
2: time I mean for you guys we knew we knew everybody knew it's just a little tweaking yeah you yeah, yeah you just so everybody takes that little that little rut mm-hmm. and road yeah, yeah. And I, and I was kind of looking at it like man you know it's kind of good it kind of happened when it did happen right you totally. know so maybe it'll click something in and you know, you guys got some work ahead of you, yeah, but it's... You gotta stuff you got
1: to You got to have these... Like, you have to actually feel like you're playing or else mm-hmm. it gets so monotonous. Yeah. yeah. So it was good to have something where we actually, like, showed up. Like, we're trying to win this tournament. Yeah. Before we leave and, and go there, you know?
2: Yeah. It's perfect. Can, now you can remind Trevor, like, hey, that's why Paulie made you play at 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because he, like, he was the only... <coughs> of all, like, 16 teams, oh, so he the only one... T- Hey, who, who said this time at 8 mm-hmm. o'clock? <laughs> yeah. I said, why? He goes, because hey, he who said that? And I go, your brother did. I was <laughs> no, <I'm just> like, <laughs> well, oh, that's a good even. one. That's a good one. You got me. He's like, I haven't woken up
1: before 8 o'clock. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Right, right on, on, Mark. Thanks a lot, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you for coming, on. On. You for coming you. on. Yeah.
2: Thank you. Yes, all sir. for that.
1: Yep. Dino yeah. partner.
2: Yes. That's I it. need to play
1: in the dino one day. Yep. Oh, there we yeah, go. This going be yeah. the squad. Really? Yeah. I think so. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Verbal commitment. I'm 31 going on 32 in June. Oh. Yeah, you
2: I'm 50, man. Oh. Yeah. There we You said the 5-0, I'm 30, so we're close. That's like the like like yeah. prime age, <laughs> partner
0: age. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> <it's fine. laughs> All right, guys. All right, guys.